Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, Syracuse, just, it's, it's just a family atmosphere. Uh, not just the university, but the community as a whole. Uh, I mean, they welcome me with open arms. Uh, my teammates, I mean, uh, we, we keep in contact every single day, and I know that's going to continue 10 to 15 plus years down the road. And uh, I mean, the coaching staff, they, them being student athletes at Syracuse and uh, coaching us now and help mentoring us, I think that's helped us uh, prepare for this step as well. Everyone that asked me throughout my three years here, who are the best fans in the country and the place I like to play at the most, and it's always the Dome. I mean, Syracuse fans, are, they're the most loyal fans, win or lose, they're always by your side. Uh, no matter how the season's going, they're always packing the Dome. Uh, in, in freezing weather, and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this for the rest of my life, but uh, Orange Nation is, is the best out there, and, and no one competes with it. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please subscribe. The universal handle for the socials is at Cuse Militia. Go there, join the Militia. We're the only Syracuse sports podcast running around giving you, the fans, a platform. So what has felt like two months has actually Forever. only been about... Yeah, it's only actually been about two weeks. At least it feels like that for us anyway. Um, so we got some Cuse news, a little bit of um, just basic off-season update stuff, and then we've got... Yes. We're going to do our... Way too early top five. I asked you those that question on social media earlier or later last week, towards the end of last week, because we were supposed to do this show on Friday, but Joe, uh, he just didn't make it. So here we are, 48 hours yeah. late. Yeah, I mean, you know, things so, come up, you know. Right, right. Things come so. up, this and that, sure. Mm. Uh, but first, before we get into all that, the 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 fun that is the Cuse Militia podcast, uh, we got to hear from the folks over at MyBookie. Now, I know that there's not a ton uh, going on to bet on, but you'd be surprised. MyBookie has got something for everybody. It's not just sports either. They, they, they do everything. Plus, they got NASCAR. You've got MLB starting up, you know, so yep. uh, still, still a couple um, things. Bachelorette. For those people that watch The Bachelorette, like you Yes, you they know. got props on The Bachelorette. Yeah, they do. It's crazy. <laughs> Dude, it's so stupid. But, well, uh, well you know, you, as you guys know, I would only recommend a service to you guys that's been good to me. I've used my bookie. Joe's used my bookie. That's why I'm urging you to make your way over there. You win. They pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for all the fantasy guys and gals out there, you know the deal. You can bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code QS25 to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code QS25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid. My bookie. Um, all right. Hey, I, wanna, so, I just want to make something clear. That, wait, what? Well, 
I mean, I know I said that, but I I don't watch The Bachelorette. I just want to just want people to know that I just oh, happen to be oh, on you the just website. Happen to be actually... on my bookie, and you saw props for The Bachelorette, and so you thought yeah. you'd mention it on the show. Well, I mean, I thought it was funny because I know personal people that I'm not going to say their names, but I know that they're forced to watch them with their girlfriends and so on and so forth. So it just made Joe? me chuckle a little bit, huh? Is their name Joe? <laughs> no, their name is not Joe. <laughs> okay. If you say no. so. I, I, I mean, there might be a Joe out there, not this Joe. Oh, okay. All right. That's fine. <laughs> um, so, dome renovations. And if you weren't keeping yeah. up with it, Wild Hack was interviewed for the Post Standard, and he said the key date for being ready is September 2020. So, kind of what's going to happen is at the end of the basketball season, beginning of lacrosse season, or well, I guess the middle of lacrosse season, 2020. Um, I guess the men's basketball should be finished up, but the if the women's going to host games, those may they either may not be able to host games or have to find a host site. Right. Uh, the lacrosse team they've already played at CNS once because of the women's playing in the dome. Right. So they might do CNS, they might do CBA, and then uh, there was there was one other thing. Oh oh, Syracuse football likes to usually get seven home games in a year. They might go split six and six for for that year to finish up renovation. So they're starting it yeah. early and hoping to get it done quicker, and um, you know, like do it in phases. And of course, they got to work around the weather. So, no, well, yeah, you never know about the weather. Uh, nothing set in stone there, anyways. <laughs> uh, you, right. know, you know what I mean? Uh, so, moving on, uh, there was some great news. Some at some really. I thought the numbers were high. 4,000 new season tickets have been sold ahead yeah. of the 2019 season. And they, they released these numbers. This was a week ago, last Monday, I believe. So yeah. a week ago today, as we record now. So 4,000 new season tickets. That's pretty dope. That's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. Well, I think in, uh, there was some numbers in there that said that the retention rate from last year is already over 90% as well. So... Yeah, that so looks looking, pretty good. Yeah, you're looking at retaining over 90% and adding 4,000. That's pretty. That's yep. pretty awesome. And usually they get a good uh, they get a good show out when it comes to spring games. I know a lot of times with the spring games they kind of let you walk around and you can see um, they have signs where like in sections of how much season tickets are there and you can kind of walk around. And, and they're get cheap, the bro. They're cheap. Oh yeah, they're cheap. They're cheap. I mean, obviously, you get down closer, and and you know, the, obviously, the prices go up. But comparable to to other um, teams and in, in Division One, yeah, they're cheaper. And again, a lot of times during the spring game, that's the time where people can go. They can kind of get their different vantage points, look at the prices, and actually, for all intents and purposes, shop for your season ticket. So a lot of times they get uh, decent numbers with that too, and that's still. What's that? This this Saturday, I believe, right? Thirteenth spring game. So right, yep. Already looking for those numbers to go up. Yeah, and I'm sure they will. I mean, like I said, the tickets are cheap. I think when I went, uh, I sat in the 300 section. There's not really a bad seat in the house, really. I mean, unless you get shoved in the middle of an end zone somewhere, way up high. But <laughs> I mean, those are the worst some, seats. Hey, some people like them. I know those are the worst seats, but they're only they're only bad for the other half of the field. They're great for your side, the 50 yard line. You know, all the plays coming at you are going away, depending on whatever. Right. So anyway, um, there is some uh, some other news. Now I think we'll 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 leap these hurdles. But Abdul Adams, Sam Heckel, and Chris Elmore all with injuries. I think Abdul Adams' arm was in a sling. 
Uh, Sam yeah. Heckel was undisclosed, offensive line. And Chris Elmore, fullback, uh, he had a leg injury, right? So Yeah, I believe, yes. Um, so I don't believe any of these to be too serious. I don't know. The one that's undisclosed bothers me a little bit, but we've still right. got a lot of time. And well, that bothers me. And actually, Ed Hendricks, he got hurt too as well. Um, and he's out for the rest of the spring along with those other three. So, uh, yeah, again, that, not that, not seeing him get any backs, type of – Two backs too, Abdul Adams and, and Chris. Yeah, Allen. but uh, from what I hear, they'll be back. I mean, that's the good thing about the spring is it's just – it's kind of a little, you know, just practice in between the, the seasons to kind of keep you in the mix or whatever. But Yeah, you want them really... to get the rotations, though. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, but practice practice doesn't start until – or camp doesn't open until August. So. Yeah, true. You, um, got some, you got some time. Yeah, they're all in the gym right now, though. So, doing that. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I, I mean, Tommy DeVito has gotten jacked over, <laughs> over the – since so far since he, he's um, – since uh, football season has ended, I mean, he's just gotten huge, so he's bulking up. He's going to be a big dude. Um, uh, South Alabama graduate transfer Ryan Alexander, he verbally committed, uh, committed since we've been away. He um, did that during an official visit last weekend, uh, or the, the weekend before last. Six foot four, 308 pound. Uh, he was a two year start, right tackle for USA, that is. Uh, USA, yeah. USA. I, I, lo- I think that's my second team now uh, for <laughs> University Southern uh, South Alabama. So he started 28 games of the team's 29 games that he's played in. So, yeah. yeah. Honorable mention last year in that conference. So you got a pretty decent linebacker, our, uh, offensive lineman coming in. Yeah, I think he's a starter. And, and we talked the weak point going into the offseason for football was the one thing that worried you, I, I guess, that you mentioned was the offensive line. So, well, definitely on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, got to keep DeVito upright. That's right. And the last thing that I've got on this list, unless Joe has something to add, is the, the cross team. They're uh, ranked 13th right now. They're sitting at 6 and 3, and they're going to host Cornell, who is also 6 and 3. This is senior night. It is tomorrow night, Tuesday, August, or, um, April 9th. The game is at 6 o'clock in the evening, and it's the final regular season game. And then Syracuse will go on to visit North Carolina. That'll wrap up the ACC. Uh, That will be on April 13th. And then the last game of the season, they'll close that out with a trip to Navy on April 20th. And then, boom, is the ACC um, tournament. So, yep, yeah, that's already wrapping up. It's a quick season, man, but it's it's so much much fun, dude. Yeah, it is. So, go out and watch them. Go out and watch them. Senior night. Yeah, senior night at the Dome. That's, it'll be fun. That game against Duke was uh, was like the only game I really missed so far this year, of course. And, <laughs> Which is like one of the best ones. I know. I know. So I watched <laughs> the last like minute of it, uh, of course, in highlights. But anyway. Um, so we – that's it. Do you have anything else on that, Joe? On the news front? No. Okay. No, I haven't really heard too much more about it. Uh, I know, like, again, we'll probably get some more news here within the next, like, through the rest of the week. And then, obviously, with the spring game being on Saturday. So, we know that we'll get a little bit of video and we know that we're going to get some some uh, some news on that. But for right now, good on the football front, my friend. That's it. And we just wrapped up the basketball season, obviously. Obviously. No. So we knew the day after Syracuse lost to Baylor, Tyus was gone. He pretty much announced that. And yeah. you heard his 
his kind of his his exit interview, if you will. That's what we open the show with. It's about a minute of about two and almost three minutes, two and a half minutes, something like yeah. that. So no, good video from Q's TV. If you want to check it out, it's over on YouTube. Yeah, go check it out. Um, Brissett, he's going to test the waters. Essentially, what he's doing, if you didn't hear or you've been living under a rock, is what he's just going to. He's not hiring an agent. He's just going to mm-hmm. go through the motions like Tyus did last year. I don't expect Brissett to go anywhere. I expect him to come back, but you never know. But for now, I, I would expect him back. So, Yeah, I think so. that's just one of those things that we've seen uh, happen. I think a bunch of different times in the last – you know, seven, eight years we've had in uh, underclassmen, you know, test the waters or, or, or go to the draft. So uh, it's just something we're kind of getting used to. But um, it's kind of, yeah, it's going to be a routine thing. Yeah, it's a routine thing. They just want to get throw the feelers out there to see, uh, you know, to see what NBA scouts say and everything like that. Again, can't sign from an agent because that completely disqualifies you. And he stated that he hasn't. Uh, there was in some other news I saw. Well, you know, Beheim. He, he talked. To, he was talking about Brissett and how he thinks that the, the him thinking that he was thinking too much about the NBA um, during this the season, season this year. You think? And he <laughs> and he thinks that's part of the regression was. And I honestly, personally, think that he's going to end up not being shown up in any of the mock drafts. I don't think he's going to get invited to the combine. I mean, this is my personal opinion. Um, and then once that happens, I, I really don't think you can keep your name in it. So, I mean, Tyus, he pulled himself out of the, the draft and he was invited to the combine last year. So, uh, I mean, we'll see. So it's happening here rather shortly, but I think he'll be back. Yeah, well, we'll be up on it. But one guy who is hiring an agent is Pascal Chuku, and he is going to see uh, what he can manage. Obviously, he's got some immigration issues. But I believe, depending on how how it goes, I think if you get a job on a on an NBA team, you'll be good. But you know, maybe he can play in Europe. Maybe he can play. I don't know wherever. I mean, he'll have some options, yeah, but obviously, options. he's going to have to so to figure stuff out because I think, like you said, either you either got to be going to school or or have some type of work visa or something like that. So. Um, I'm sure he'll have to figure it out, but yeah, he's I mean, been here. He's going to be graduated. He's going to get a degree, and uh, you know, he's he'll figure it out. Yeah. So One. all all three of them, uh, we wish him the best. I, I would like to see Brissett come back. I, <laughs> I think that's probably the best for for him. But who knows? But we wish yeah. him the best, no matter what he decides to do. And of course, Tyus, obviously, and Chuku as well. So that right. is. That, that's it for the uh, the basketball news and stuff. Oh, wait. No, it's not. What am I saying? Jesse Edwards, 6'11 yeah. center from the Netherlands who committed uh, last week. And this was a this was a kind of an under-the-radar grab, Joe. Yeah. And you look at his highlight reel, and he's someone who, in his highlight reel, now you know my philosophy on highlight reels if you've listened. Highlight reels are called highlight reels because they're all full of highlights. I could have a highlight <laughs> reel, right? But you, you, you got to do it. You got to do it anyway. And he does it, man. He, he, he's bringing the ball up the court. He's got finesse. He's got great ball control. He can finish around the rim. He looks for the lob. I mean, he does all the things that you need that we really is if he could be consistent in doing what he's done, you know, he's yeah. a he's a great talent, I think. Yeah, well he again, needs a couple like cheeseburgers said, though. Needs a couple cheeseburgers. 
Yeah, again. Uh, yeah, well, he um, <laughs> being coming from the Netherlands, he's only been over uh, in a, playing at IMG Academy um, in Florida for I think since January. So I think he's kind of a late addition to these the recruits and uh, being six eleven and with the wingspan that he has. I think it's a pretty good pickup. If you go back and you look at the, like you said, the highlight tape, it was a highlight tape, but it was a two and a half minute long highlight tape. There's two of them out there though. There's two of them out there. Well, I didn't go look at the other one, but this particular one, um, that it only was two different games. So two and a half minutes of highlights through two different games. That's Um, pretty good. I mean, he's, he scored a decent amount of points in those two games. So, uh, really what I look at is I look at the little things that, um, I don't want to say you can't coach, but just like you said, being able to have the drum. I mean, he's, you can already tell he's he's not putting catch. the ball on the ground after rebounds. He's going immediately back up. Yeah, he keeps the ball up high. Yeah. He uh, can move. You can tell that he's just got better feet. And he's more naturally athletic than the centers that we've had. He's definitely can catch the ball yep. better and dribble better. His handles better. I mean, just overall, his basketball. His, IQ, his, his basketball IQ his, seems to be pretty decent too. Yeah, he knows yeah. where to be, and he knows when to look for the yeah. for the alley oop yep. stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Right. So, um, yeah, and he seems to have a pretty good length. Um, and it looks like his wingspan is actually longer than a six ten, six eleven guy. So, well, you might be looking at somebody who's perfect for the zone. But again, you always have to put uh, the competition. And obviously the physicality, the speed, everything like that, it's going to change for him. But it's a good sign seeing that kind of stuff off of a tape because, again, I'm not looking at really the competition as much as that he can actually do it because he was doing things, you know, just athletically and with his hands and everything that we haven't seen naturally naturally, that we haven't seen a Syracuse guy figure out in three, four years. Yeah. So, yep. So I'm really optimistic about Jesse Edwards to say the least. Yes. So yes. Great, great grab in my opinion. And, and right up Jim Beheim's alley. Like that is the quintessential Jim Beheim recruit. Yeah. So anyway, a couple cheeseburgers yeah. would be my couple, best suggestion. Yeah. So anyway, um, let's see. We, we love the emails. I got an email. I got a couple emails, but we're, we got time to go over one. This one I committed to first. I already emailed him back. I asked him if we could go over it in the podcast. And so David emailed me, he emailed us, and he says, he says, why don't you guys look into and talk about blaming the other coaches for SU? Not that I want to place blame, but how can these young big men not get any better in the past several years? Don't quote me on exact years on some of this, but my point is this. When did SU develop big-time forwards and centers? Ronnie Cycli, Tom Thomas, John Wallace, Ryan Blackwell, etc. Answer. When Bernie Fine was here, uh, 1976 to 2011, was the forwards centers coach. And Lewis Orr was also there from 95 to 2000 coaching big men. I'm not sure who on who is coaching forwards and centers since Bernie left. Since Mike Hopkins left, where who are the coaches? Adrian Autry, Alan Griffin, and he did he and uh, Jerry McNamara, three guards. We need to get a big time center forward coach that can mold these young big men. I love Griffin Red, but they are guards. What do they know about coaching forwards and centers? So oh, one more thing he adds. We'll unpack this in a second, Joe. I'll give it to you. Fact yeah. that I fact that I do not like 
Alan Griffin was hired by SEU in April of 2017. Lewis Orr was hired by Georgetown in June of 2017. Uh, should not should have not hired Griffin. He should have hired Lewis Orr back to the coaching staff to work with these big guys. So upset about the coaching, not sure where to face the blame, kind of a lot to unpack, Joe. Uh, you and I had a heated discussion about this email <coughs> before, before uh, I asked to um, present it, before I asked David if we could use it for the show. So go ahead. Right. Again, I, I, I like the email. I think that it takes a lot of, I mean, you got a guy who really is looking into it a lot more than, than normal right. fans and, do. And, uh, and, and real quick, real quick, just an aside, the emails create, conversation and it's exactly why we look for you guys to send them so anyway yeah yeah but um i guess you know everyone they they kind of see things their own little way and, and differently and things like that uh again there's i just have these different thoughts and these different things um about certain things obviously all of our coaches are guards so realistically you'd look at that and you wouldn't think that we have a big man coach uh but again they it can be taught uh, if just cause you're a guard doesn't mean that you don't know how to coach big men. I mean, the big men have to be coached by somebody, right? right. So if, so if a Bernie fine can teach a 18 year old kid, then why can't somebody teach a coach or a guard that's already played at that level? The only thing is the only thing that's stopping somebody. I mean, somebody your size could know all the big man moves, but you can't physically be a big man because you're not tall. What, 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 you what I'm saying? To, what, so, what are you trying to say, though? I'm trying to say that you can't be a 5'10 power forward. 5'10? Thank you. You gave me a couple inches. I really appreciate well, that, Joe. <laughs> hey, you know, you did, you did your hair a little bit today. And, uh, I really You look a lot that, shorter buddy. when you have your hat on. But um, I'm just saying that, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, yes, I, I will agree that Bernie Fine was a good big man's coach, Louis Orr. Uh, again, he was a big man's coach and then we went on to be uh, a head coach. And maybe that's one of those things where he's just trying to stay on the path of maybe a faster way of becoming, um, a head coach. Uh, and, uh, there's other things that go into it too, recruiting, uh, things like that. I think really that's why we took Alan Griffin over, over Lewis Orr, because I think that Alan Griffin's an up and coming, um, recruiter. recruiter. And I think that he was being, being looked at to help more for recruiting and, just realistically, Sean, when you look at it, um, other than just – I mean we lose we lose uh, scholarships. We really can't miss on certain people. And then we get a Chuku who's had some unfortunate things happen and maybe he didn't develop. And I think there was reasons for that. He, um, he, to be fair to Chuku, he missed some time. He missed a whole year of el- eligibility with and surgery and everything. That right, and he's had his little knee problems. So oh, he's yeah. never really that was consistently – yeah. Right. And again, um, you know, I'm not saying coaching can't not be a reason for that, but there's a lot of other reasons. And uh, again, I also go back to the fact that um, I think Prakeem Christmas, I thought, was uh, a pretty good. I mean, he played in the NBA for a little while. Uh, I thought he was pretty solid. And I think he was a very I think he was a great big man that um, that I thought got better and better. And by his senior year, uh, he, he was scoring and doing having double doubles all the time, you know, so I think um that Mike Hopkins was the one that was shouldering that load. And I think that, uh, that's was, you know, probably the next guy to have left. But I mean, realistically, I think that basing 
the regression of our big man. We're doing it off of one big man. We're doing it off of Chukwu. You know we, what I'm we, saying? We kind we kind of are. It's been a frustrating I mean, think couple about of years. It. No, I understand. It's been three years, three and a half years, whatever. But I get, I do get his point though. In, yeah, I we've think, had three and a half years the, with all without the, the scholarships to fill. Maybe maybe try to grab some of these I other understand. guys. I understand. Do you do you think though that that having guards recruit and guards being coaches is that appealing for recru- for um, prospects coming out of high school? Aren't they going to want to look to a you know? In, well, a, and that's the other. Yeah, that's really the better question. Right. And is, I think is, that's kind of it, that, is that, that yeah they help maybe Alan Griffin's a better recruiter but is he are those guys helping recruit big men yeah and how and how can they appeal to big men in a way that can sell some of these really good ones these talented kids coming out of high school how can they sell it the program with three guards coaching that's a tough uh, buy I mean dude. at this point you could sell it on the lack of depth at those positions. <laughs> <laughs> Playing time. Playing time. time. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think that's to his greater point. And, you know, I agree with him. I I think you should have – you should have someone that can coach and recruit in that position. I think it would help. He's got a point with Lewis Orr. But my greater frustration with Orr, honestly, came down to him going to Georgetown. I mean, dude – (laughs) <laughs> what the hell? I know that he's got to work, but dude, what is going well, on? To, I mean, come on, seriously. Well, With I mean, Ewing? if you remember when come he got the head co- when he when he got a head coaching job, he went. And his head coaching job was at Seton Hall when we were in the Big East. Not the same. Not the same. Not the same. <laughs> see, you cannot compare Seton. Team. I understand, but you cannot compare Seton Hall to Georgetown. As far as hatred level from a Syracuse fan, he come on. He hated Georgetown too. Now he wears a Georgetown logo. Come on. No, I so, mean I wouldn't but, say he just he wears a suit. He's an assistant. Geez. He's got Georgetown gear. That's sad. <sighs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. I haven't seen it. Uh, I think he's just using it as a stepping stepping stone. Oh yeah, I know. Well, uh, you know, good question. Uh, he could have been hired. Maybe it wasn't a good fit. Maybe he didn't want to come back. Maybe he was considered. Maybe it was talked about. Maybe it wasn't a good fit. I don't know. Well, again, too, you know, um, just relationships that you have with your assistant coaches, too. Uh, you do spend a lot of time uh, on the road and at home and everything. So, I mean, those people, you know, they're necessarily, you know, I mean, pretty much your family, too. So right, right. Um, that goes into it, too. And you never really know what's going on behind the scenes. And I think, obviously, Beheim's proven that he's more comfortable with ex-players and former players people with that he's had good relationships with on, on the bench um so you know so, I, so to wrap it up to wrap up the to wrap it up i understand you wrap I, it up i'll wrap it up and then i'll let you piggyback i get it i think it would i think it would be uh a, i think it would be a definitely a, a a move in the positive in a positive direction to get a big man coach that can also recruit who is it i don't know is it going to happen i don't know i don't think it would hurt uh, secondly, is that is it the coaching? Is it the recruiting? Is Mike Hopkins recruiting? Is him being gone now? We've got all these scholarships back. He, when he was here during some of the worst, the worst, you know, scholarship availability, and you know, has his leaving affected us? I don't know if we've seen it yet. But 
You think we have? What do you mean? Well, you, what, you mentioned who? Who'd you mention to me in the conversation we, that we lost? Well, Isaiah Stewart, number one. Well, I know. We went over that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that I, that one I can kind of understand in a certain way. But, I mean, I thought that we would have a, like, a kind of a head start, maybe a one-up on some teams because of the, the people that were on his team as far as AAU with him playing with Joe Girard and, and, and Buddy, Buddy Beheim. Yeah. Yeah, but um, obviously he – and I know Washington, they're losing um, their big man, so they're going to have an opening for a center. And I'll tell you what, he was one of the best uh, players on that dang McDonald All-American court um, during that McDonald All-American game too. So uh, I think Washington is is going to be a really good team next year. The one that I was mentioning was there was – I don't know if it was last year or the year before, like, uh, and then it's like Quade Green, he was a, a McDonald All-American. And he was choosing between uh, – I mean, obviously, he had a bunch of people he could – but he was – I think it came down to Syracuse and Kentucky. And uh, there wasn't – Washington wasn't even anywhere in his – In the mix. You know, Not even in the mix. And he chose Kentucky, and then I think he went to Kentucky, and I don't know if it was just relationships, something went down, or he saw that he wasn't going to get certain playing time. I think Hopkins went back to him. And maybe that happened. And Hopkins, he went to when he got his job at Washington. So this this kid decides he's going to transfer from Kentucky, and he transfers to Washington. So, so the answer is yes. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I um, mean, come on, he's he's coaches. I mean, he's coming from his coaching tree. They 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 play the two three. He's out west. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of times that. The past couple of years where we've seen some of the recruits in, in us and Washington are both in the top five of, the, of that person. So we're going to be, you know, we're going to be able to recruit uh, similar players. But not only that, uh, he's in Washington, but he was in Syracuse for so long. So all those little hotbeds and places that he recruited, and I do believe that he was their best recruiter. Um, he's going to be able to go to the East Coast where he used to recruit for Syracuse. And he's going to be able to take guys out of New York, New York City and the East Coast and bring them out to West Coast. So, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't think we've seen the last of, of Mike Hopkins effect. I know. In our recruiting, I know. Sadly, I think if we're going to, it's going to be, you know, and I wish him nothing but the best dude, but because I don't want to sit here recruiting. And, and I only hope, well, I just, it stinks when it comes to, to recruiting, but I think after these last two years, I mean, obviously we've had our run and everybody knows, you know, I think. It's down with Beheim, and even me, I was still down with Beheim, getting extended for you know the however many years. But uh, I think I'm definitely on the train of hoping that the possibility to of a return to Syracuse for Mike Hopkins could be a possibility in the future. Hopefully, jeez, oh, jeez, yeah. Well, well, I mean, we'll. So see. I hope that we don't bash him enough to where he doesn't never want to. Oh, come this back. this always... this fan base loves the heck out of Mike Hopkins. They. I've never seen any of that uh, through all of this, everything we've seen with, with players leaving early or, or whatever or transferring yeah. and you see fans trash them. Never seen even some of the most vitriolic fans. I've never seen them uh, say no. anything negative about Mike. What Hopkins. they'll do is they'll attack the AD and, and blame him for not being yeah, able well, to fire Beheim and keep. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, <laughs> that's fair game. Do. John Wildhack's fair game. And, and I like the guy. I think he's doing a great job. No, I think I mean, he's doing a great job too. Uh, but you know, he's fair game, whatever. Um, so, okay. 
our way too early top five. Now, we we asked the question on social media, and we'll go over some of yours, but Joe has a way too early top five. I have a way too early top five. And he didn't tell me his, and I didn't tell him mine. So uh, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go? I mean, mine's very, uh, mine's very, mine's very, like, e- like go ahead. just simple. Yeah. Um, Goodine and Carey. Okay, Carey at point. Brissett Hughes, and then maybe in this to start the season, Dolezal to start, and then maybe Edwards later gets to start. That's yours. Yeah, I don't have Sadibi in there. You I, don't. I snuffed. I, I snuffed Sadibi. I, I saw that. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, uh, <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, I don't. I. I think that it's traditional that Beheim every once in a while, he'll he changes it up after a certain point. But I think that he has a system as far as going with, I think the known or the the comfortable. So just to start the year, you think I'm not Sadibi. saying this is going to be the starting lineup going into ACC play, but to start the year, I think it's going to be Carey and Buddy with really? Hughes. Yep, with Hughes and Brissett and Sadibi. Okay. Well, I it, think it, he'll have everybody that returns, mm-hmm. but I that doesn't mean that that's going to be you know. Remember the year when Gillen took over for Frank Howard, but Frank Howard started. Yeah, yeah well, year. We, we also know that the beginning of the year is a with Beheim and his, his everyone's going to play. There's going to be so many people chemist, that play this. Yeah, he throws everything at it. He throws everything at it, and he just to see who's ready. Sticks. Yeah, absolutely. But that's what I would go with. I mean, and you know, I mean. You know, and here's the other thing that I would present to you is that, I mean, depending on what's going on down low with Dolly or, or Sadibi or whoever, you know, you've got possibility, you know, uh, Braswell coming off the bench, too, with Dolly. I mean, there's so many different ways no, to mix Gary this Air, up. We don't know how good Gary yeah, Air is going to be, exactly. Bryson Godine. So yeah, that's and, really the thing. And, uh, uh, Buddy Beheim. Yeah, Buddy Beheim mm-hmm. on a wing. I could see that. Right. But depending if we're playing smaller teams. But yeah. I'm just saying, see, seeing Buddy Beheim coming in, we there wasn't really that many, you know, there wasn't great expectations for the first year. I think he overexceeded them. But who's to say that somebody else can't ever do that? So uh, we have a lot of young guys on our team now. Do you minus, see any regiments? You know, I think we got the solids of, of Elijah and, and Brissett. And I know, I think we know what Buddy can do, which is – at minimum, come off the bench and put some points up in the board. Absolutely. And play some pile solid, heady, you know, play I, with in, some defense and rebounds, stuff like that. But I don't, I'm not, I'm just saying what I think the starting five is going to be from the beginning. That doesn't mean that a Gadine or a Guerrier or an Edwards, or, I mean, I can see a situation where some of these kids could, could come out of nowhere and, and just play what? better than some of these guys. Okay, but, listen, I got two questions for you. No. Because I'm worried about one thing I'm worried okay. about transfers. Because I think there's oh, yeah. a, I think there's a lot of talent on this team, but I worry about losing. That's that's the, I think there's there is a lot of talent on the team, but it's young talent and it's developing, and no one knows what to do right now, and no one's not going to know what to do really until we get into ACC play next year. So someone's going to get snuffed. It's yeah. going to be guys. No, traditionally they they have though. I mean, traditionally up and down, and sure. I mean usually. I mean, I remember a lot of times getting classes of four four players and three four players and one of them having to you know 
I remember we had Mike Jones and he transferred out. And I remember Tony Bland transferring out. I remember Louis McCroskey transferring out. Caleb, uh, was it Caleb Joseph transferring Caleb Joseph, out? I mean, yeah. Wow. That was, a, wow. He was going to be good too, I thought, but. Whatever. No, he really didn't end up being that I, good. I know, was, we, had that was, center, we had that center that transferred out to, um, what was it, Eastern Michigan. Yeah. BJ, John, BJ Johnson BJ transferred out. Um, I mean, we, we know that's normally what happens because Beheim he doesn't go deep. So we're in a situation right now, like you said. I worry about got, a car- I worry about a carry or a Braswell, though. And those uh, are – No, I think – I so? mean – well, I think right now, looking meta, especially with the Braswell? medical situation, well, Howard Washington, we really don't know what's going on with him. No, that's true. Um, and I know that there's, you know, I, we're gonna, right now we have five guards, five forwards, and three centers, or <laughs> two, or, yeah, three centers. And yeah. so, I mean, and they're not all going to play. So what happens is the cream of the crop rises, and the ones that are left behind, if they don't think that they are going to get the playing time that they want – uh, then they transfer. I know if if Braswell doesn't get a fair shake, I'm be very disappointed. That's all I'm saying. I and I love I love Carey too. If there, if he's not getting a fair shake, he's there's probably a reason. Yeah, I don't know if that's totally true. I'm telling you, Beheim and them, he, a lot of it goes into what happens behind the scenes, I, I, what's going on I, in I practices and how you're practicing and everything like I, that. So. I know you keep How many times that. do we hear him say that all the time? How Pascal looks good in practice. Frank Howard's shooting good in practice, so that's why they're yeah. playing. Right. So it just so happens that Braswell actually went out to the games and actually played good when he was in the games. So who knows what he's doing in practice? Because if he's out there in the practice and he's not doing the right rotations or he's not doing certain things right, then and he's like kind of last in the chopping block or in the pecking order, Baham's not going to play him. Yeah, I know, and I guess it's just it is what it is. We're just gonna have to wait and see, but because someone's leaving, someone's leaving, someone's getting redshirted, something's happening. There's 13 guys, not a senior in a bunch, right? So I mean, and you know, the other thing is is that that I think deters some of these these kids from leaving is they gotta sit out a year. I think I don't know if I agree with that rule necessarily, but I know it goes into the decision making process, and that is you know helps a little bit. But anyway, well, dude, I think I'm on board with that. I I don't even really like. I mean, the graduate transfer rule to me is uh, that that's that's necessary evil. It's a necessary evil to prevent to prevent graduates. Yes. Yeah. Because graduate transfers, I understand because you can actually sure, but you can only do it. You can mask it as academics, and you can do it, and it's only for one year. But like, there's got to be at some point. I just. There's got to be some commitment just because you show up somewhere and something doesn't go your way for a semester or a marking period that, you know, um, you can't just give up and just walk away. Um, you know, sadly, that's something that I did <laughs> in my life. So and I just I wouldn't I wouldn't put it on anybody because you could end up regretting it for the rest of your life. And honestly, just forcing kids to commit nowadays, um, commitments, it's a tough thing now for for a lot of people. And. You know, just I don't think it sets a right precedent or a good example to allow a kid to just show up and just because maybe some guy is better than him or he's not going to play that he can just leave without having any type of punishment or repercussion, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's let's do some Twitter feedback on this. OK, I've got yeah. at David House nine one five seven eight. He says uh, Gerard Buddy Hughes Brissett. And Marek. Now, 
you know how much I love Gerard. And yeah, that's that sounds like something you would say. I, I, know, I, know, <laughs> I know it is too. That's what I uh, thought you were gonna say. To be perfectly uh, uh, honest with you. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I can see this combination going. I just don't know. Like I said, like you said, who the hell knows? But moving on. Well, speculation is amazing. That's what makes up half of sports. Yeah. Um, at Codet underscore Jeff Hughes. He's got this out of order the way I would have done it. He's got, let's see, Buddy, Carey, Hughes, Brissett, and Dole. So he's got Buddy starting. That's the only difference there. How about this? Jalen, Buddy, and Elijah. Then O'Shea and Sadibi. That's, that's what, what I said. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a smart one right there. Who, that's who's... Right, that is at <laughs> MFB right side, Matt in the hat. All right, all right. Uh, I like um, it. Matt in the hat. Matt oh. in the hat. He's got Matt that. Brazil. Uh, let's see. He also says someone. Okay, well here, let's just go through this real quick. And then at James Curtin says this, but fifty-fifty on Marek over Sadibi. So, he's got that. Then he replies, while Mark is a better, quote-unquote, basketball player, Sidibe gives more size, and Mark has more flexibility off the bench, could come in at 3, 4, or 5, true, which is yeah. his spot, uh, his spots. Uh, Quincy could uh, fill in, right, could fill right in for O'Shea, and he, leave, and he leaves, and Gerard could get looks to come in as a great sixth man. So, um, yeah. That's what, yeah, he's got to do Well, and that's, that's what he's saying, and more or less, uh, you, you have Merrick come off the bench to see what's, because usually, who's the first person that comes off the bench? Either one of those two forwards that made some dumb play, or they're not doing something right, or somebody in foul trouble. So, uh, if Sidibe gets in foul trouble real quick, all right, Dolje's going in, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how they're going to start it, but I don't think Dolje, unless he's had to because of injury, I don't think... That he started, I mean, there's been random times where he's actually started a game over like a Chuku or a Sidibe just because of that. So he's going to start his size, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, at, let's see, at Diehard Q's fan, he's got Gerard and Buddy, Elijah Brissett, Marek. That was the same thing as yep. um, at David House. So that's a popular combo. Let's see. At Crush44 Orange, Jalen. Buddy, Hughes, Marek, Sidibe. No Brissett. Oh. <clears throat> well, I think that's, that's probably him assuming that that's if Brissett's leaving. I just don't see that, but I get it. No, I me mean, neither. If, and realistically, I mean, to if really Brissett break... leaves, that's a, that's, if Brissett leaves, I would buy into that. Yep. Me too. Okay. Um, and then at real K pal something. Sorry, man. Skull. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what this means. Skull for life, okay? I'll just call him that. He replies to uh, at Crush Orange, Crush 44 Orange. He says, Sidibe, ouch. Wow, no love for the no love uh, for the big guy. Dude, it's so up and down because my dad loves Sidibe. Oh, yeah, you told me about that. He does. He I thinks he's – he thought he was better than Chuku. So he thought well, he should have been playing over Chuku this year. So Did we talk about this and did I say I might agree with that? Did we have this conversation? I, mean, uh, I remember you told me that. I think he might be right with that. I just, uh, dude, dude, dude. I mean, look, I love Chuku. I wish Chuku the best. I really do. But we had so much frustration with Chuku's 
play. I mean, the stone hands in the 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 the, the, the putting the ball on the floor. <laughs> it's just yeah. It's just you didn't see that that much from Sadibi. He just I didn't know. do that. Yeah, there was little things that you didn't really have to worry about with Sadibi, like him getting the rebound and wondering if he's going to be able to get the ball to the point guard. <laughs> yeah, I like mean, basic stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I, I just uh, yeah. Uh, at, I get it. Uh, yeah, I think your dad's right. I think he's better. I do. I do. At B Levy Go Cues 2003, Carrie. He does this out of order. Hold on. Let me. There's no order. It doesn't matter what five. I think people yeah, can figure I, it out. I, I know. There's two I guards. Just, like, there's two forwards in the center, Sean. I know. Right? I know. But he only has. He's got Carrie Hughes, Brissett, Dolajai, and, and Guerrier. So. Sounds good. Look, I'm, I'm telling you, like right now, the like across I, the bottom line, it, it seems kind of – I don't want to say set, but obviously I think everyone knows that it's going to be Hughes and Brissett if Brissett right. comes back on the wings. Right, so right, 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 right. I think the you know, the obviously what's really the biggest intriguing thing is what, what kind of matchups and everything can you get with those guards? Because who's to say that you can't maybe get a, two different pairs of guards that just play better with each other? Like well, you said, absolutely. I mean, you you had a yeah. carry and a Gadine in there, and and then you have a, a Gerard and oh my gosh, I just, and a buddy. I, I just switched to Facebook. I just noticed something. There is something called Top Fan uh, now on Facebook for our Facebook page. What? And it tags people with the Top Fan star when they comment. Oh really? Yeah, dude. That's so okay. funny. Joe P's one. Uh, Brandon B. All right, here. Steven says, uh, Brahma. Okay. O'Shea, Elijah, Bryson, and Gerard. He says, confidence not high on Buddy as a starter who is great off the bench. And Jalen, who I'm not sure about yet, almost rather gamble with a freshman at this time. Mm. That's harsh on Carey. I, yeah, it, it really is. I understand that, though. I understand that because Kerry had his struggles, man. He just struggled. He was turning the ball over. He showed glimpses of. Yeah, but I think he just was getting. Uh, I, I knew he, he was dealing with some injuries, and there was a couple different times I knew where he didn't suit, that he was injured. And I don't know. It just seemed like he just couldn't get it. I don't know. Like, it didn't slow down for him, you know? He's a fast player. I like. I know he likes taking it to the hoop, stuff like that, but. It seemed like the rest of the game just did not slow down for him. And you just hope that in between the offseason and going into next year, that that's something that can happen. Because I think if it does, I, I mean, we saw glimpses, man. And I know that Bryson Gadan kid, he's got some size, a 6'4". And I don't know if uh, he's going to have him try to play point guard or, or what. But um, I'm definitely intrigued by these, these set of point guards because Jalen Carey looks just super fast. And he looks like he can finish. Uh, around the hoop, and then you have three other guys that can shoot threes. Um, so, I, I mean, I think <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of, you know, mixing and matching and, and subbing in and out anyway. But uh, I'm really, really excited to see what these guys can do, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Joe P., Carey, Buddy, Hughes, O'Shea, Sidibe. Now, I, I could buy into that one. Uh, Dolly comes in for Sidibe. Um, around the first timeout. <laughs> <laughs> the 
<laughs> yeah, that's pretty much par for the course. That's, that's what about, I mean. That's about Just right. because you start, that's one in, thing. Just because you start really don't mean too much. Because right, Beheim's right. pulled a lot of right. people out in the first. And he's got the guys. You will get pulled. Yeah. Now that presents another issue, an issue we talked yes. about last season. So, you know, we'll just have to see. But with yeah. with Dolly at the at the start down low, that's what I kind of see at the beginning of the year. But I maybe it's Sadibi. I mean, who knows? Sadibi. Maybe, maybe to be perfectly honest with you, bounds, I hope it's man. one of the other two. Really? Yeah, I mean, we've seen Sadibi, what, 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 and so I mean, what, I think what, so. You, you he's had some. He's had Bolajac? some good games. We haven't, we haven't heard of Bolajac yet. Bolajac or uh, John Bolajac or J- Jesse? Ever. I mean, you don't know. I just don't. At some point, if somebody down there doesn't give us an offensive threat, then right. And that's I mean, the, something's got to happen. The thing. And that's the thing. You gotta have someone down there that can score and pick and roll. Like, hello, Chuku was not a pick and roll threat. <laughs> he just wasn't. Uh, Christopher James, no. Jalen, Buddy, Elijah, O'Shea, Sadibi. Yeah, I mean, we pretty much got the. Yeah, couple different yeah. options that we think. Yeah. here's of, one know. more though because because he gets trolled by Bubba, Bubba the troll, and Bubba's, <laughs> Bubba's a Syracuse fan too. But he has been dubbed the turd disturber on the Facebook oh, page. Oh boy! Uh, Timothy says Kerry Brissett, he will be back. Hughes, Beheim, and someone at center, probably uh, Bolajak. He says, okay. And then Bubba says, Timothy, it's going to be a long season with that lineup. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and that is that is our Facebook page in a nutshell. So, um, mm. yeah, it's fun. It's fun to speculate, man. That's that's what, that's what we do in the off season. So here's the deal: we are going to we're going to try to get we're going to get at least one more episode in this in this month. Month. And Joe and I talked about doing some other things. Now, always remember if if you want to. You can always call the hotline, 315-236-2436, and send in emails, man. If you see a news story, if you see anything, if you have questions, if you, if there's something that we don't talk about that you want us to talk about like David did, shoot us an email at cusemilitia at gmail.com, and I respond as soon as I can, and I always respond. I, I try to anyway. but No, you do. You do. You're pretty good at it. Yeah, I, I eventually respond, put it that way. So um, you can always email us there at cusemilitia at gmail.com or the hotline again, 315-236-2436. And, you know, it could be a really fun off season with yeah. participation. And we're going to think of new things to present. So that's it. That's all I got, Joe. No, uh, just piggyback on what you said. It's uh, just <laughs> if you have anything, like even the emails, comments, like you said, anything that you want us to talk about as far as maybe, like you said, some of the Q's history stuff. I know I'm probably repeating some of the stuff you said, but again, like you said, uh, that the fans and them being involved, that's kind of what runs us and fuels us. And if y'all want more episodes, then we need a little bit more stuff during the off season. So, I mean, yeah. I don't think me or Sean really care how many times we do it. It's just we need stuff. So Yeah, reach um, deep. We've thought about doing a 10-minute show on Friday nights. No, uh, the little just, shorts and yeah, just, little the the weekly sports. Yes, yeah, the the weekly uh, Cuse Militia podcast roundup. Something it, like that. <laughs> I don't know if I would really put it all in that order, but yes, we thought about all that. Um, so give us your your input, yeah, thoughts, yep. and uh, you know, hopefully we can all get through this slow, slow, boring off season. 
Yeah, and don't to forget get, to tune in together. To Syracuse Lacrosse Senior Day tomorrow, yes. six p.m. against uh, Cornell. So uh, they beat us twice last year. By the way, it is uh, time for revenge, and one of those was in a tournament. So yep, um, big red. Yeah, yeah. Womp, womp. All right, that That's is good. it for Joe. I'm Sean. Until next time, we're out. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at Squeezed.com.